All right, brethren, at this time, we are blessed to have our second message for today brought to, uh, b- brought to us by Pastor Steve Andrews, entitled, Are We There Yet? First of all, I want to do reach out to everyone that's here and anyone that's tuning in to us today and say, God bless you. And our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you during these trying times. That um, We need his comfort. We need his care. And he's always there, as we heard earlier. He's always on the throne. He's always ready to uh, hear our prayers. And, and we, um, we definitely need that comfort. So, welcome to the service. It's good to, <laughs> it's, uh, after preaching to the, to the chairs, it's kind of nice to have someone out there to <laughs> preach to. <laughs> there was, um, maybe it was a COVID-19 incident, I don't know, but this young preacher, he just got his uh, pastorateship, and so he walked into the, to the church and looked around and looked around and the only one he saw was this older guy up front. So he walked up front and introduced himself. And the older guy was a an old farmer, and it wasn't, you know, he kept waiting and kept waiting, and nothing nothing was happening. No one was there. And so he he says uh, he says, "What do you want to do?" He says. And the farmer looked at him. He says, "Well, give it your best shot." So what does he do? Yeah, he gets up there, and I mean, he really gets out. Gets real after. It, gets gets to going, and he preaches his heart out. And, and then he looks, after he's finished the, you know, the final prayer and everything, he looks down at him, at the, the farmer. The farmer looks a little disconcerted. He goes down and asks him, so what do you think? He says, you know, son, if I had only one cow, I wouldn't give that cow the whole bale of hay. Well, today, I really feel like giving you the whole bale of hay, but I don't think I have enough time. So anyway, I, I, for all of us who are parents, or if you remember when you were younger, and I do, at least a few things I remember when I was younger, there are four words that seem to ring out, especially when you get in the car and you're ready for a long trip. And it says, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Over and over again. Are we there yet? My dad finally got so frustrated we made a trip to Colorado. And of course we were just young kids in the back bouncing around like a bunch of yo-yos. And, and he finally got a little bit upset with us. And he, he says, this is a long trip. You all better quiet down because we're not there yet. And anyway, I, I was thinking about this because... When I came into the church in 1969, there was a lot of talk about being there yet. Is Christ returning? Is he coming right away? Is it time? We were going through some very difficult times when I was first in the the congregation. There was a lot of sermons on prophecy. 
And some of us that have been around for a while and remember that, there was a lot of different sermons on prophecy. And there were, that question has been in my mind for a very long time. Are we there yet? And one of the things that has always bothered me, and, I, and, and some from the prophecies that we've talked about and thought about, how do you put things together? How do you make, make this work out? We, we live in a huge world with a lot of different um, things that go on. And it's a huge world. How do you get a world, world government? And if you're thinking what I'm thinking, I think you'll understand as I go through this today where we're at and what's going on in the world. Now, well, I, my conclusion is you'll have to wait for that. <laughs> Jesus gave his disciples a, a tremendous um, set of prophecies in Matthew, the 24th chapter. And so I want to start there, because I think that this is the, the good starting place for all of us to understand what is going on uh, and what has been going on for a very long time. He said, in verse, verse 3, he said, And he sat upon the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of your coming? And the end of the world, well, the, the world is at the, the end of the age, the end of these ages. And so Jesus answered and said, Take heed that no man deceive you. Well, we live in a society filled with deceit and deceiving things and misinformation. So we have to, as, as, as his called out ones, to really be careful that no one deceives us. For many shall, call in my, shall, shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And it has been that way down through the ages. And you can read some of the history and you, you'll understand that there, there were many who came down and, and, and tried to pull people away to believe them. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars and see that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. I was born in 1948 and so consequently I've, I, I came in um, just after World War II and about the time that the uh, uh, Korean War came along, I was uh, well, not very old. And then uh, all the different wars that come along. And of course, I remember very well the Vietnam War. And all of the struggles of the Cold War that was going on, the USSR, and all that was happening. And how that this whole world looked like it was going to explode. And so consequently, we were always asking that question. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Has, has, is this when it's going to come? Is this when this is going to happen? Are we there yet? So he says there's going to be wars and there's going to be rumors of wars, but the end is not yet. And it hadn't. It didn't, did it? I mean, we're still here. For nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in different places. And so when we see these words that Jesus said, and we realize what's going on today, this is not a, uh, a single pestilence, but many pestilences that have come along. In 1918, for those of you uh, who weren't around at that time, there was a tremendous 
uh, flu that went around. I think it was the Spanish flu. We had just gotten through with World War I. All those men, some of the men even died from that, that, uh, from that flu. Now from that, um, I mean, you might call it a pestilence. You could call it whatever you want. But a lot died at that particular time from those different things. And so we see many of these things coming about and many of this that's happened in this nation. And so in verse 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. And so we've seen it down through the ages. For those of us who have lived long enough, we've seen many things. And we've always said, is this it? I mean, is this, is this the time? Are we there yet? Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted, shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. So Jesus lays this out on them, but he wants, them to understand, he wants all of us to understand that he that shall endure to the end. Now that means if you live on into the kingdom, or if you die and you are resurrected into the kingdom, there is a great reward at the end of it. He that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And that salvation is the kingdom of God. Well, I got to thinking about this. Um, one of the things that we've noticed, and that I've noticed, and, and the reason why uh, I thought of quite a bit about this and what's going on, is that this new normal is based on, uh, on fear. And also... <laughs> As I was reading Jesus' words there, I got to thinking, what has happened in our nation? We have a nation that, that talked about all the time, talked about the separation of church and state. Separation of church and state. <laughs> you know, not too long ago, they were talking about that and, and how that you weren't even supposed to talk anything at all on the pulpit about you know, politics and the things that are going on because you have the separation of church and state. So what do we got now? The state now wants to intervene in the church. And so you don't even hear anything about it. We, are, we, we actually have a, a situation in which there is um, a set of fear. And, I, and, and I, I want to say up front that I know this is real. I know these things are real. But down through the, down through the time, all of us have faced these things. I mean, I got a, I got a smallpox shot. Uh, vaccination when I was a child. I, 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 I took a sugar cube when I was uh, probably 10 or 11 years old for polio. When I was a kid, polio was everywhere. They were showing it on TV. And in fact, one of our, um, uh, one of the best uh, newsmen in Tulsa, Cy Tuma, had, had polio. He had actually he couldn't even walk. His legs were just shriveled up, and he was all in a wheelchair. And so he had had polio when he was a, a, a kid and, and grew up with it. And so we see those things that, that happen. And so what has happened in the world that we live in today? Because of, because of this, because it has spread like it has spread, because it came from where it came from and how it was spread, now we have, we have spread a... a 
I, I don't even know how to express it. Um, kind of a, a green fog. If you remember in the, in the um, Ten Commandments, how the green fog went through all the... We have this green fog of fear that's moving through the whole world. And so we, we see it happening in all of the things that are going on. And so what Jesus is saying here is there's going to come a time, there's going to come a time in which people are going to, to uh, they'll be offended because of us. They'll be offended because we believe in keeping God's word, in keeping this, and, and, and iniquity, which is beginning to abound greatly. Here we have a, a situation in, in the society today in which we are, uh, you know, my age and, and younger, 65 plus, are dying off. But what's going on? We're killing babies at, a, at an alarming rate. Instead of stopping it during this, this, this plague, we're continuing to kill children. Our next generation is continuing to be killed. It's interesting what's going on in the society that we live in today. And, and it's going to affect uh, every way of life. If you remember when 9-11 happened, 9-11, <laughs> some of us in this room, the little ones don't remember, but 9-11 came. And what happened? When, I, when our kids were little, where did we go? We went to the airport. We walked right through. We sat down. And we watched the people get on the planes. We watched them take off. You don't do that anymore, do you? That doesn't happen anymore. Why is that? 9-11. The TSA. It is a, the new normal that happened after 9-11. What's going to happen when this kind of drops off and this fog drops off? What's going to happen to our society? I don't know. I can't, I, I'm not that, that good at, at being able to look at it, but I do know one thing that I am seeing, and I'll, I'll get to that here in a minute. Let's go back now and let's look at something that I was also thinking about. Now, I know that these, prof, these things that were, were given by, by Moses to the children of Israel were for them. And yet, when you read them, when you go through and you read what it says in here, you realize that it can actually apply to our own nation, and especially our Christian nation, a nation that has, has always claimed to be a Christian nation. And so we go to um, Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, and we look at some verses here. In verse 15 it says, And it shall come to pass... If you will not hearken to the voice of the Lord your God to observe, to do all of his commandments and his statutes, which I command you this day, that all these curses shall come upon you. Cursed shall you be in the city. Well, what do we got going on? All these people packed into these big cities. <laughs> the, the, the scenes from New York. Those people used to pack the streets like sardines. When they would go to work, they would all be walking, you know, like this. And they would get into to subways like this, you know. They would be so close. And, and everyone would be so close. So what we got? Cursed shall you be in the city. Cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall you be in the basket of your store. Cursed shall the fruit of your body and the fruit of your land. Oh, what are we doing with the fruit of our body? We're killing off the next generation is what's going on. 
Do you think God does not see all of this? <laughs> Come on, brethren. God is looking down upon the world, not just the United States, but he's looking down on the whole world and seeing what's going on. And it is very, very bad. Iniquity is abounding. Sin is everywhere in this world. The fruit of your body, the fruit of your land, the increase of your cattle and the flocks of your sheep. By the way, right now, we may be having a problem with even getting um, uh, meats because packing plants are, uh, they were all the same way. They were all very close people and they were working together and this virus started spreading through them. So here we have a, a, a curse shall you be in your cattle and your flocks, curse shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord shall send upon you cursing, vexation, and rebuke in all that you set your hand uh, for to do until you be destroyed, until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings whereby you have forsaken me. The Lord shall make the pestilence cling to you until he has consumed you from off the land where you go to possess it. Now, that's pretty pathetic for what we see today, isn't it? The Lord shall smite you with a consumption and with a fever and with inflammation and with extreme burning, with a sword and blasting and with mildew, and, and, and they shall pursue you until you perish. And your heaven shall, um, that is over your head shall be as brass. Now, we haven't seen all of this. And, and as I said, a lot of these curses and things were for Israel, and they came to pass, didn't they? I mean, even to the point where they... Um, were, they got into the point where they were in a famine and they started eating their own children. They became cannibals. So God's prophecy through Moses came to pass. And those things happened uh, to Israel because they turned their back on God. They did not listen to God. In Daniel, the second chapter, we see something here that's very interesting and very, pretty profound. Because we see the, these nations, oops, I've got to get to Daniel because that's not going to work. Daniel, the second chapter, let's begin in verse 36. Because I don't want to go through all of this. Um, I don't have time to get through all of the things that I want to get through today. Daniel, the, the second chapter, beginning in verse 36. So Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and Daniel um, interprets the dream because God gives that interpretation. It was not him doing it. It was God giving him the understanding of the dream. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. You, O king, are a king of kings. For God of heaven has given you a kingdom, a power, and strength, and glory. And what, wherever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field, the fowls of the heaven, has he given unto your hand, and has made you ruler over them. You are the head of gold. And, of course, this is, this is a giant um, man with all of these different um, things, uh, uh, different uh, metals, and we'll see. And after you arise, another kingdom, inferior to you, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over the earth. So we see the Medo-Persians, we see the kingdom of Babylon, the Medo-Persians, and Greece. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaks in pieces and subdues all things. And as iron that breaks these shall break into pieces and bruise. And whereas you saw the feet 
and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron. The kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of strength and of iron, for as much as you saw iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron, part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas you saw iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And understand this. This is part of the prophecy. In the days of these kings, these kings, these toes, these ten, ten kings, shall God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to another people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all the kingdom, and it shall stand forever. I love Daniel's, because um, he, he, he has these prophetic things, but he always puts in there the, the prophecy of, uh, of that coming kingdom. For as much as you saw, the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands. And the broken pieces, the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what shall come to pass. Hereafter the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof is sure. So, also understand that all of these kingdoms will be destroyed. If, if there's any vestige from the Babylonian kingdom to the Medo-Persian to the Greek to the Roman, they will all be destroyed. Because when God brings his kingdom those, those kingdoms will be um, under the uh, rulership of Jesus Christ. And they will have to obey God. Now, what I was thinking, and I, I, I don't have Regis Cowboy that's out there. <laughs> what I was thinking, and it's interesting because I had been reading, reading some news and reading some things. And, and all of a sudden, some things started to, to, to gel. And I don't know where this, because I may go before this ever happens. But let's, let's think about this a minute. How do you get ten kings? And I know we've talked about the European unions and all of that. But look at the mess the European Union is in right now. Look at the mess that all is going on in all, all the world, in um, the UK and everywhere in the United States. How do we get these ten kings together? There was an interesting, some interesting articles about oligarchs. Oligarchs. Anybody know what an oligarchy is? Well, oligarchy, I, 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 I brought a definition. <laughs> There's three definitions that came from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Government by the few. <clears throat> the corporation is ruled by a, a, an oligarchy. And, and this is the one I think is, is probably <clears throat> the more in what I'm thinking. A government in which a small group exercises control, especially for corrupt and selfish purposes. A military oligarchy was established in the country. Also a group exercising such control, an oligarchy ruled the nation. And then the third one, an organization under oligarchic control. That country is an oligarchy. What do we got in this nation today? What, what's going on in this, this nation and in fact and around the world? What is there that is, that is working a lot 
in behind the scenes and is very influential because they have what? Money. Lots and lots and lots of money. And so what does money buy you? Money buys you influence. Money buys you influence into um, governments, <clears throat> into um, large corporations. It buys influence into many things. And so if you've got billions of dollars and you want to influence someone and you want to make us, let's say we want to move this country in a certain direction, what do you do? You start spending your money to move it in that direction. So, <laughs> you look at how many billionaires, almost trillionaires, there are in the country and what they would like to do. One of them, and I'm not going to mention any names because these people might change someday and they, you know, they might realize what they were doing. But I'm not going to mention any names. But there is one that wants to um, spread vaccines that makes everyone subject to the vaccines that are given. There was even one that wanted to have you with a, you wanted to be a card-carrying vaccine person. <laughs> Where does card-carrying come from? Right out of communism. Man, it's, it, is, it was so interesting to listen to that. What? You want to do what? Yes, they want to rule each and every one of us. And what is going to stand in the way? Those of us who believe in God. Because we're going to be able to see through them. Because they're false prophets. And they bring false prophecies and false hope to, to, the, to the world. And so these oligarchs are going to, you know, are, are, are going, they are, right now, they are, they are moving and, and influencing people and governments because of their money. They have a lot of it, and they can influence. I had an interesting article, and, I, and I'm not going to be able to get through everything I wanted to today because there's a lot of hay <laughs> uh, to bring to you. But I had an interesting article because when we begin to, to, to rule over things and we begin to take control of stuff, we move from a um, simple, listen, don't do this, you know, that's wrong, to if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. I don't know, who, uh, I don't know if Matt uh, or, or, or Mark, or either one of you have looked at what, what's going on in the UK, but um, they were saying that they've had 200,000 um, phone-ins snitching on the people in the UK for getting out of their houses and walking around. 200,000 calls in the UK for doing that. What's happening? There's no, the freedom is being taken away. It, it's being taken away. And so what has slipped in? Now, I don't know how many of you have ever listened to Dennis Prager. He's a, you know, some things I like, some things I don't like. He's a, he's a Jew, a Jewish man. Uh, he, he believes in, in Judaism. But his article is, Our Dress Rehearsal for the Police State. And it was very interesting in that 
the, I'm, just, I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm going to read the points that he brought out. The police state does not mean totalitarianism, uh, a totalitarian state. American is not a totalitarian state. We still have many freedoms. In a totalitarian state, this article would not legally be published. Uh, if you were in, in China or um, USSR, I mean, uh, the, uh, Russia, some of the, or North Korea, you would not be able to publish this. And if it were illegally published, I would be in prison or executed. But we're presently living with all four key. Um, but we are presently living with all four of the key um, hallmarks of, of a police state. First of all, and I'm not going to read all of it. The draconian laws deriving citizens of depriving citizens of elementary civil rights, as I brought out. What's going on? Churches are told, yeah, you can't come. You can't even have more than 10 people in there. And so we were preaching to an empty stadium. And my wife was <laughs> really was getting mad at me uh, for, for, for doing what we were doing. But we were, we were trying to uh, understand and trying to comprehend in our congregation what was, what was going on. The mass media, number two, uh, supportive of the state's messaging and, and deprivation of rights. And, of course, the use of police. I still I can't get over the one where they, uh, they didn't want the cars to come to the church <laughs> the park, in the parking lot. And, and, and so they took pictures of all the cars and, and also put nails out in front. <laughs> so, the, so if you ran oh if you did get to the parking lot, you'd have flat tires. That's not, this is not, this is America, brother. This is the United States of America. This is the land of the home of the free and the brave. We, as my wife wants to, uh, yells at me several times in the, during the day, we went through two major world wars so that we could be free to do what we do today, which is come together and preach and teach and be brethren one to another. Anyway, he goes through a lot of those things and, and talks about it, and I'm not going to go in there. And, of course, the last thing that he, the number four was uh, snitches. People get involved, and, and they, they look at their neighbors, and they say, oh, well, he's not, he's not doing the right thing. Brethren, I, <laughs> I live in a neighborhood where there's a lot of Hispanics, and they love to get together. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't have any problem with it. I thought it was great to see them come as families and get together. Now they take a risk, I suspect. Yeah, okay, they take a risk. But they live in a land, they understand this is America, land of the free, home of the brave, and all of those other accolades that seem to go along with that. Daniel, the seventh chapter. I want to hurry up a little bit here. So I'm going to run out of time. For all of those that have listened to me go through Daniel before, I, I want to say how much I, I appreciate this particular chapter. Mainly because there are a lot of things in there that are kind of um, hard to take, and yet in, embedded in it is so much wonderful um, future for all of us who are called saints. We are saints. In, in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and a vision in his head upon his bed. And then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spoke and said, I saw in my vision by night 
And behold, four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. Four great beasts came out from under uh, the sea and diverse from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. And I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon his feet as a man. And, uh, and a man's heart was given to it. And so, um, my Bible says Babylon. Because that's exactly what we're looking at. There are these four nations that come up uh, as Daniel sees. And behold, another beast, a second like the bear, raised up itself in one side. And it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. And they said thus, it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this, behold, it, lo, another like a leopard, uh, which had upon its back uh, of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given it. And so that's Greece, and the, the, the other one was Medo-Persia. And this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, strong exceedingly, and had great iron teeth, and it devoured and broke in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts, and before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up, among them another little horn, before whom there were three, and the first horns plucked up uh, by the roots. And behold, um, in this uh, born were eyes like the eyes of a man, and the mouth speaking great things. And so, if you could follow it um, prophetically through the scriptures, you would see that down through the ages there were these, um, you know, we know that these Babylonian, uh, Medo-Persian, all these mystery religions, all the things that are still going on in the world come from these, these various um, nations that were pagan nations that lived and, and ruled on the earth. And so we know from uh, Daniel's also prophecy how that at the end, ten kings will be uh, uh, there. And so we see these various things as they come about here. And I'm not going to explain all of it you can go to Revelation, the 13th chapter. You can look through that. I may not be able to get to that. I was wanting to, but I don't think I'm going to be able to today. But I want to go through Daniel, the 7th chapter, because what we find here is Daniel putting in, through the inspiration of God, some powerful and, and, and understanding that God is still in control. God still is in control. He says, I beheld until the thrones were cast out, and the ancients, ancient of days did sit whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was like fiery flame, and his wheels as a burning fire. And a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands, thousands, thousands ministering to him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. And I beheld them because of the voice of the great words which the horn spoke, and they beheld till... The, the beast was slain and his body destroyed and giving to the burning fire. As concerning the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. And I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, came to the ancient of days, and they brought him near to him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all the people and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. His kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. 
And so even though we see these beasts, we see this, these, this power that, that is on this earth, we also see the Ancient of Days and the, and, and the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who will receive a powerful kingdom over all of this. It will take precedence over all of it. And so Daniel was grieved in his spirit. In the midst of my body and the visions of my head troubled me. Well, I think any of us, if, if we were seen, that would be troubled too. And I came near to one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of us. And so he told me and made me know the interpretation of things. These great beasts which are four are four kingdoms which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom, possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. You understand what that says, don't you? You understand where we're, where, who we are. The saints of the Most High, you and I, shall take and possess the kingdom forever and ever. With Jesus Christ, we'll be there. We're going to see the end of this. We're going to see the end of these um, things that are going on in this. And we're going to see the end of it. Even if we don't live when Christ returns, we will be resurrected in that day. And we will live to see this go and this happen. He says, uh, Then I, I, I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, whose teeth was of iron, his nails of brass, which devoured and broke in pieces and stamped the residue with his feet. <clears throat> and of the ten horns that were in his head, and the other which came up before them, three fell, even that horn that had eyes and a mouth, uh, that spoke very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. I beheld in the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. Until the ancient of days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all the kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth. And it shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue the three kings. <clears throat> and he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until the time and times and the dividing of times. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy into the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and dominion shall serve and obey him. And all dominion shall serve and obey him. Thus far is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cognitations much trouble me, and my countenance changed me, changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. It's interesting. That is the thing that I asked uh, from the very beginning is uh, when we were in, first in the church. <clears throat> are we there yet? Are we there yet? Or are we just setting the groundwork? Are we just setting the groundwork for what's coming? More plagues. More diverse things happening. More things that are going to affect our lives. Brethren, we need to turn to God with a stronger con conviction and commitment to, to Him. I'm going to skip uh, some of the things that I 
was going to bring out. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians. I want to read what Paul wrote about this coming um, beast power. And this is in 2 Thessalonians. If I can find 2 Thessalonians. And it's beginning in verse, um, in chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. He says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together to him, that you be not soon shaken in mind. And I think that's important in, in this day and age, because it's very easy to get shaken in mind, to see what's going on, to see what's happening in the world, to see how things are happening, to be shaken in mind, or to be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter from us, as that the day of the Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you <clears throat> by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he is as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. <clears throat> Someday there will be that individual, that great Antichrist, that will show miracles and be powerful, and it will deceive many people on this earth. He will deceive many people. He says, remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withhold <clears throat> that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who is now less will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall the wicked one be revealed. So even Satan is going to be revealed someday. And sometimes you wonder, well, what's going on? Is Satan being loose on the earth? Is all of this going on because he's, because he's being loosed? And then shall the wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, or that are perishing, because, uh, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. What if the word of God becomes more and more to the point where it, it gets to where it's not getting out? And people are not receiving it, and not understanding it, and, and rejecting it, which is, which is happening more and more. It's, it's happening more and more. They receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. We have to be... I have allergies, by the way. <laughs> and uh, the north wind comes, I get an allergy. The south wind comes, I get an allergy. The west wind comes, I get an allergy. And the east wind comes, and I get an allergy. So anyway, I get an allergies. <clears throat> and I apologize. And, and I know in this day and age, that you sometimes think, well, it's just a bunch of allergies because it's spring. Believe not the truth. That they might, uh, let's see, strong delusion that sh they should believe a lie. That they all might be condemned or judged who believe not the truth, 
but had pleasure in unrighteousness. What do we see today? Uh, truly, that is, that is going on. There's so much pleasure in unrighteousness. The people that loved Las Vegas. <laughs> what happened? I, I went by uh, the uh, casino over there. It's the first time I've ever been by that casino. Not a car one in there except for the maintenance people. Now, there's a few cars, but they're all maintenance people. It's amazing. Uh, but don't you know those people would want to be back there? And they would want to be uh, uh, gambling their money away? He says, <clears throat> he says, here's the thing. We are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the, uh, from the beginning chosen you to salvation through the sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Each one of us have this hope that we've been chosen and that God loves us so very much from the, you know, and chosen us to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and the belief of the truth. Where to? He called you by our gospel through the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or by epistle. And, you know, it's easy. I, <laughs> Matt and I, those of who have preached to the, to the empty chairs, just felt so devastated because, and, and I know you were able to tune in, those of you that did, I know that you were able to. But that, the, the, the scripture says these are holy convocation, holy assemblies. Holy coming together, brethren with brother, brothers and sisters together. And I know we're using some, some things that we, we're trying to, to, to go along as the best we can, and I think that's probably good. And yet, I understand how this can separate brethren so easily. It, it, it separated brethren so easily. And, and it's a foretaste. To me, it's like a foretaste of how they are going to take control of the whole world. And how you're going to see those ten kings come along because the oligarchy is going to be behind them. They're going to give them money. They're going to give them power. They're going to be able to separate people. And they're going to be able to rule over for a short period of time. Thankfully, it is extremely short, brethren. Extremely short. Therefore, brethren, stand fast. Hold traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or by epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself, and God, even our Father, which has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts, establish you in every good word and work. Those of you who are tuning in today, I, I hope that you're studying your word, praying to God, and, and trying to understand what's happening in the world that we live in today. And, and trying to come to, to an understanding. But as Paul says, don't give up. Stand fast. Hold that fast. What you have learned through what has been taught in God's word. And don't give it up. Continue in your life in this way. We look forward to us being in the kingdom. Well, I look forward to us all being together again one of these days. But truly, one of these days,
We shall all be in the kingdom of God as saints and kings and priests in that kingdom, brethren.